0: Hey, it's Freddie Cruz, sharing with you the stories of the individuals who make the greater Houston area great. This next guest, you are going to thoroughly enjoy. She's got to be one of my top 10 favorite interviews of all time, and I've interviewed over a thousand guests. Her name is Kim Phillips, District Chief of the Houston Fire Department, and during this episode, we talk about what it takes to be a firefighter why Houston firefighters and EMTs are the best in the United States. And because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we talk about cancer risk among firefighters, as well as her battle against breast cancer. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you, please share with your family and friends and or leave a short review on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Hi, right, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man, Florida, with Freddy Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddy Cruz. Freddy Cruz. Freddy Cruz. let's
0: you go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddy and it's time to cruise through HTX. At what point in your life did you
1: decide that you wanted to be a firefighter? Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> so it was. weird. I went to school, and I had my plan was to be, become a doctor without border. Doctors mm. without borders. I've always enjoyed uh, the medical side. I was just so I was wandering my way that direction. Um, when I got married, my um, husband's brother was a firefighter. I was like, oh, okay, that's neat. And he said, "Why don't you become a firefighter? That seems, you know." I was like, "Ah, girls! I didn't know girls can be fire. You know, you know, it's nothing but a big, smelly guys, right?" And I'm not <laughs> smelly. And uh, and he said, "Girls can be firefighters." Went and rode out. And I said, "This is outstanding. It was a ton of fun." Okay, they just let you do it, like well, you gotta sign papers, right? So up to and including death, if you mm. fall off the truck, we run over you, you get squashed, whatever. They run yeah, over you. <laughs> you never know. Every day is an adventure. So, um, yeah, I yeah, rode out a few times. I um, went and got my EMT certification just to make sure, because that's where a lot of people get derailed is mm. when you have to start, you know, oh, that looks gross, you know. I got to touch that. I got it. Yes, <laughs> that looks painful. Oh, you know. So, if you can get past that part, the rest seems to be pretty, pretty, pretty cut and dried. And I loved every minute of it.
0: You ever work with somebody that had the heebie-jeebies that was in it, and you're like, whoa, dude, you are in the wrong line of work. How mm-hmm. did you make it this far?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, a few people, and they ultimately quit the fire department. 85% of what firefighters do is medical, is all medical stuff. Mm. So when you go into the fire service, you probably need to understand that that's a good portion of what you're going to do is putting a, a Band-Aid on somebody at some at some degree of 1 to 10. So, Yeah.
0: How far into like, studying the medical aspect of what you do as a firefighter, as an EMT, mm-hmm. um, do you need to go?
1: In Texas, to get a job as a firefighter, to become a paid firefighter, mm-hmm. um, you need to be at a minimum an EMT basic, which you can get at the local community college, right? Or like gotcha. in Houston, we, if you get hired on in Houston, we do all that training for you. get hired on oh yeah and then we put you through all the schooling you need to be a firefighter that includes emt you can go further from there which you know what i did and what you know a lot of us in houston do is become a paramedic and that lets you do a bunch more stuff two people four people (laughs) not two people that sounds a little dramatic um I imagine um, there
0: is doing a two people <laughs> you stuff do it to them, but you I mean, do it for, for them, them, but to them technically, right. mm, exactly. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And
1: then, then you become amongst your family and friends. Then you become the, you know, does this look infected to you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, where paramedics do the lion's share of the, the life and death stuff in Houston. Basics do a lot of the, um, you know, car wrecks, trauma, that sort of stuff. But paramedics do a lot of the. During the COVID pandemic, oh my goodness, we were run to the razor's edge because people were stopping breathing all the time. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. that was fun.
0: And when you say fun, mm-hmm. you mean the exact I mean opposite. The exact
1: with the fun with the air quotes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, that's I think that's um, that's an underrated part of being. A firefighter, EMT, or if if we're talking first responders, a police officer, sure, um, sure, right, army medic, Mm -hmm. being in the army, being in in the military, and you're out in the field and you see somebody that is at their worst, possibly dying, possibly deceased, and you're having to revive them and Mm -hmm. under the worst circumstances. So, how does one prepare themselves for? Okay. I'm up in the morning and this is what I'm going to do. And I need to brace myself for the worst possible scenario, but hope that nothing happens. Hope that it's an easy day.
1: That is, I I mean, I think if we could answer that question, you and I could become rich psychologists because (laughs) then we could pick out the perfect soldier, the perfect police officer, the perfect firefighter, Mm. the perfect emergency room doctor. Um, I think everyone has a different way of managing that sort of situation. Um, I always looked at it like I'm, I'm here to help. I'm going to do what I can do. I try and keep up with my training. Um, this, I didn't create the situation. I'm always delighted to come help you with whatever problem you had. But I didn't create the situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't assume any guilt or responsibility. Some people do. Some people do accept a lot of responsibility for something that goes wrong, and I think that's some of the trauma they have. I'm just always like, okay, I, was, I did the best I could. Um,
0: You're talking about when somebody, unfortunately, when
1: something is, is happened and it's unfortunate, right? That's, and there's nothing that you could, nothing we could have done, right? Or maybe it's just, a, you know, we did the best we could do, still to be an unfortunate outcome. Yeah, I don't know. I wish we could under. I wish we could figure out how. We could help people deal with that because it does every now and then there's a couple calls that weigh on me still to this day but it's you know you just go on with your day what
0: is it about Houston firefighters EMTs Uh, we've got and I listened to an interview I produced the interview that you recorded with Dorothy Gibbons for Um, let's talk about your breasts Uh and uh, something that you had talked about was Houston's got the highest save rate in the nation so Mm -hmm. what makes what makes this city so unique that we are the best
1: at what you do? We, um, our medical direction is has been in the past. I know we're, we're a little understaffed at the moment. We're looking for more firefighters. Is really aggressive. They used to have been in the past really good at, at trying new things and new technologies. Um, Houston paramedics are the very best. They're very aggressive. We train quickly. They assimilate new ideas without a lot of hesitation. There's not a lot of you know pushback and fight. They take them. They take them out to the field. If it's not working, we know pretty quickly. We have people who aggregate facts and data. Mm. and put those out and go, oh, that's not working. Stop, you know, or, hey, let's take this out a little further. And we we are a data-driven EMS division, and that helps us a lot. Same with the fire. The fire, we're getting a little better with the data-driven. We've adopted a lot of new national um, statistics to help with that, and that's helping a lot with our save rate on firefighters too.
0: Is that because you have cameras or... Is it just re- your your post reports that you go in and you do 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 keep the, the key, keyboard keyboard it in or mm-hmm. combination or a
1: lot of it's our reports. I mean everything is report driven, right? So I mean you know this if you don't what you write down is what happened, and so a lot of it is everyone that shows up on the location will write something down, right? Because you get a little different view from wherever oh, yeah. was it the engine truck was it, or the engine was it the ladder truck was it the chief was it the Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whoever the safety officer, whoever it was, they have a little different vision. And if it's a fire, especially if one where something might have gone wrong, like right, maybe someone almost got really hurt, or someone, you know, did get really hurt, or heaven forbid somebody, you know, died, then we can take all of that information and start scouring it and go, what happened? How can we improve this? We try and do a really good job on making sure we, we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for the brain trust in the fire department. I'm not amongst the brain trust. I'm just like a little lowling chief, but they do it. They try and do a really good job on making sure that we learn from those lessons and can pass those on. And we make a lot of runs. I mean, every day, 15% of our runs are fires. That's a lot. That is a lot. In the nation, I think it's about 7% are fires for most other fire departments. So we're about double. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how long does it take to get from
0: the 911 call to it's out? And we're back at that at the at the station house, knowing that it you know, every every situation oh, is different. Right. You know, from a warehouse to an apartment fire or whatnot, but typically
1: that's a really hard question to answer, right? So, um, from the call if we have a if the call comes in it's routine, right? They know where they are. We get a lot of calls that I don't know where they are. No way. <laughs> I mean it's you know, what if you're from out of town, right? I'm from out of town. We get a lot of those. I'm from out of town. I'm visiting somebody and the house across the street's on fire. Where are you? Oak something.
0: Oh, and narrows it down.
1: There you go. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. geolocation, sometimes we can do the E911, but um, it takes about a minute, maybe, maybe that long to get something rolling. Okay. Once we can get fire EMS, police, yeah. what are we looking at? Something's rolling usually if we're busy maybe a little longer we occasionally get busy especially hurricanes things like that but a typical house fire it doesn't take us long once if it's nothing complicated just the standard room and contents Houston firefighters have a set method they get in there that our primary uh, sorry see I'm fixing to hit the thing um our primary concern is life safety right ours of course yes um That's why we do a quick look around. What's going to kill us first? Mm -hmm. And then the first thing we do is start looking for people. Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing we do is look for people. While we're doing that, we'll start trying to put out the fire too, right? So but we want to make sure we get all the people. That's why it's real helpful if someone's in the yard going, there's 29 kids in there. You know, that's really helpful. Or there's nobody. We're still going to look. You might've forgotten the kid down the street was spending the night. We're still going to look. But that's our primary concern. Hey,
0: more of this conversation with Houston Fire Department District Chief Kim Phillips in less than 60
1: seconds. Hi, I'm Dorothy Gibbons, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of The Rose. October is the month of pink, and for The Rose, a breast center of excellence, that means we'll be airing podcasts every day in October to celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month. When you look at resources like The Rose, when we pull up in the morning and there's no cars in the parking lot, but there's
0: four coaches with the headlights on. I get emotional.
1: I have these two little boys, one had already lost one mother to breast cancer and I was not gonna let him lose another mother. Going through cancer three times, deciding not to share. The Rose walked her through all the journey and the most fantastic person I met was Dixie Malello over there. You're gonna get your daily dose of Let's Talk About Your breast during the month of October. To find out ways to help The Rose, visit our website at therose.org.
0: Let's shift the conversation to something that you've mentioned in that um, you are a breast cancer survivor mm-hmm. and cancer risk as it pertains to HFD or firefighters on a whole and firefighter gear as a cancer risk, mm-hmm. which is
1: insanity. This is a new thing that we have just found out really within the last few months. You know, as science improves, as we find out more information, um, things change. We understand that. This is some information that the, you know, the IFF, which is our you know, the overarching uh, labor department or labor union for the firefighters, has come out and said, hey, there's a potential that this exists. What has also been, there's been um, some foam that we use for a suppressant for class A fires, which is like wood and paper and things like that that has a very much known carcinogenic effect. The problem for, for me and for, for women is the only cancers they cover don't affect women. So women don't quite meet the threshold in numbers for us to meet the statistical relevancy for uh, being included in the cancer statistics. So that's um, we know it's just a matter of time but that's uh, it's kind of a painful burden to bear because you yeah. we know we're just sort of left out of this just yet. But that being said, firefighters are firefighters. Um, firefighters do have a 40% chance across the board of getting cancer. Um, that's only slightly higher, but there are the cancers they do know of that firefighters do get, like testicular cancer, brain cancer, which does affect everybody, um, prostate cancer, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, blood cancers, just some really oddball, weird ones that they have directly attributed to the foam, to the perfluorocarbons that come off after a fire. You know, we're overhauling and pulling out burnt stuff, car fires, warehouse fires that have been known and linked to firefighter cancers.
0: I imagine being in the Houston area doesn't necessarily do any favors for HFD. <laughs>
1: Well, that's, Houston's spectacular. They have every chemical known to man, so. Right. Probably some that we don't know about yet.
0: Who knows? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, So, as far as your breast cancer journey, Mm -hmm. you have had, in the two times that I've been around you, Mm -hmm. you obviously have a great attitude toward it, and it would be easy for someone, not you, to fall into that trap of fatalism, I guess.
1: You could. Right. Yeah, I, I see that. and um,
0: I mean, it's easy for someone that doesn't sure. have cancer to have that kind of attitude. Sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm lucky. I do belong to two great families. One, my own family. I mean, they're funny and, and weird in their own way. Um. And then I have my firefighter family here in Houston. And from my crew at the station, both the rescue side and the fire side were, <laughs> we're spectacularly funny and helpful. Um, How cruel. <laughs> I know. Just can you imagine? Is it
0: like the movies?
1: <laughs> um, when
0: was the last time you were hazed?
1: <laughs> well, minutes ago. Just minutes ago. Um <laughs> They I mean they just in their own weird way, they're just so, you know, loving and caring and you know I mean you just ugh, they're so funny. And then um then downtown, the people I work with downtown were the same way. They were just, hey, whatever we can do to help you. We know that the workers' comp system in Texas is is terrible. They're not gonna help you, but we can. Mm-hmm. And give you a safe place to recover. Um, you know, let you, you know, work you know, I try to go to work every day so that I could keep my hours up sick time hours um, I'm just, I, I I am intently aware of how lucky I am I think all the time of the people who don't have insurance just here in Houston I mean you can drive anywhere in Houston and see people who you know live on the street or unhoused and they don't have insurance what happens when they get cancer you know I think about that and I'm just like oh I'm lucky. I am so lucky. And I'm just happy to be where I am.
0: I think even to be alive in 2023.
1: Yeah. After all this. Oh yeah. I am just waiting for a meteor to strike. When they started measuring meteors and the sizes of giraffes. Remember that? No. Yeah. You got to tell me about that. Oh yeah. So I was reading the papers right during the pandemic. They said, Oh, there's a meteor. It's going to brush close to earth. I'm like, sure it is. Of course, a meteor is coming towards earth. Oh, and it's like twenty-three okay. giraffes high. I'm all, why? We're measuring okay, for, in giraffes now. For some
0: for some reason, I was thinking that. <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking actual giraffes in meters. But oh, no, no, I get what no, no, you no. mean. Like a, yeah. a meteor the size of the size blankety of 23 blank. Twenty-three
1: giraffes. I'm all yeah. Okay, I'm not up on giraffe. I'm
0: trying to picture exactly yeah. how twenty-three giraffes. giraffes looks stacked on top I'm of like, one we're another. Doing
1: the metric system, and now we're <laughs> moving into a common. You know.
0: Yeah. An asteroid the size of a car. Mm-hmm. An asteroid the size of a uh, football field.
1: Right. And now giraffes. Yeah. Fine. Okay. We're doing giraffes now. We're here now. <laughs> this is the moment. This is where the pandemic brought
0: us. This is, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: Can we talk about your boob voyage?
1: Oh, yeah. and It was fun.
0: Yeah. And what, what yeah. it taught you What it taught you about about life and about the will to, to get past what you've we're, you were going through?
1: In my neighborhood, we have a pretty tight community. I think it's just because we're all sort of just weird. Um, I love weird. Weird is good. It is. Weird is just you, right? You ever heard of The Weeknd? The Weeknd?
0: The the musician.
1: Uh uh-uh. uh. Where are they from?
0: Get out.
1: I'm, okay, so. I the, happen, maybe
0: okay, The Weeknd is he. Okay, it's a single musician. His name okay. is Abel Tosfe. I used to work in Top 40 Radio Not to okay. remember the guy's last name. Uh, real name is Abel. He goes by the weekend, but he doesn't spell it the weekend. He leaves like the, the last E. Yeah, okay. so it's W is week and then ND weekend. What Anyways, he's
1: ringing a bell.
0: He says, Normal is ugly. Okay. Is my point.
1: Okay. And so
0: I'm like, Yeah, normal mm-hmm. is ugly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, not okay. completely. I mean, I'm sure they're. Right. Some cases where normal isn't, but well, I mean, I mean some, for the
1: you, sometimes you gotta just go to the grocery store, right? Yeah, for the most part though. Not interested in radical self expression in the yeah. produce aisle, right?
0: <laughs> but I mean weird. I love weird. weird I'm sorry. Is good. No yeah. it, when you say that. Yeah, yeah, my
1: whole neighborhood is sort of weird. And so they're like, Hey, we need to have a party, one last party, and Mall. Look, I'm not moving to Siberia. I'm just, you know. <laughs> so we all the neighbors came over. And some of the neighbors like, "Why are we here? What's happening again?" Um, my family came down. Lots of friends from the fire department came over. They We got drunk. Um, it was a full moon. I seem to remember. I don't know. It was important <laughs> for some people. After a few cocktails, uh, we got the solo stove. My mom traded a bunch of ducks with other Jeep people. I mean, it was. I, I don't. It was just so we called it a boob voyage party. That's so. That's what it was. It was just like the last whole day with my boobs. And I was just all, my sister was like, "We everybody should touch them. And I'm all, no, everybody should not touch them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those were actual words spoken by your sister. Yeah. That's my sister. She's the queen of the weird. So <laughs> she is our ringleader. Yeah. So, and you said weird is great. I agree. <laughs> my friend Karen, remember we talked about her. She's the one who got me and hooked up with Dorothy. She talked me into going to a burning man festival at the end of this month. She's like, you've been through a rough two years. Um, you need to get out some. I've been sort of kind of staying close to home because something poltergeist did. And so <laughs> I'm scared to go far. She says, Yes, no. by
0: the way, she said poltergeist. Poltergeist
1: did. Yes. The word? Um, She said, come on out. You got to get out and do some stuff. And I was like, okay, I, I'm trusting you here, but something's good. So we're going to Burning Man. And she's like, it's, I said, well, one of the premises of Burning Man is, radical self-expression and all but that's us every day what else are we supposed to do and, and you know she's like you don't have to wear pants if you don't want to i'm like <laughs> but, but i want to wear pants talk so, about radical self-expression I'm, I'm gonna wear pants but okay so <laughs> yeah so the boo voyage was you know that was that was like okay and it was part of like recognizing okay we don't need to have any of this to still be complete and happy people so yeah we're still gonna be weird mm-hmm. yeah
0: so at the time of this recording you we probably haven't. will have already you will already be there or already have been there. Yeah, that's okay. And
1: the of October 18th through the something. Th-
0: I could have sworn they had one There's a big
1: one, right? In Nevada the one that got rained out. And yeah, then, Okay, that one. Yeah, and then they have little ones throughout the nation. Oh,
0: did Okay, see I didn't yeah. know that. I was I getting, I was either. confused. Okay, Me so too. you're going to one of the little like the satellite yeah, ones.
1: There's like 5,000 people in them all they probably all have
0: hearing the one about the floods that made me not want to go ever because Um, i you know it it sounded intrigue i've always been intrigued
1: me too sort of
0: and seeing the videos on twitter of that i'm like "Eh,
1: i think i might be okay yeah it's kind of like when
0: you go to new orleans for the first time almost get mugged you're like okay if i never go back Mm
1: -hmm. you want to see you want to experience it but yeah the older you get you're like but there's gonna be showers right no, no, yeah, no, no I'm good. <laughs> okay, we're... all right. So, <laughs> mm, what's a radical self expression without deodorant? Fine, okay, <laughs> that's what we're doing now. So. <sighs>
0: <laughs> yeah, how has being a firefighter helped you throughout your breast cancer journey?
1: Well, I mean, I do believe that one of the things about <laughs> being a firefighter that Almost everybody says is it's something new every day. That's what they like about being a firefighter. You show up to work and you, you know, stroll in at, you know, zero, six hundred in the morning, you're like, hello, hello, hello. And you, you put your stuff down, and you make your coffee, and you, you know, pick someone to argue with for the day and and then in the next five minutes you could be at a fire that lasts all day long. Or you could sit on, you know, you know, wash trucks and you know, do your training or do CEs and do nothing and then deliver you know a baby. Or the chief could come over and yell at you, which is always fun. Or you can make three fires. You never know. Every day is different. Mm-hmm. And having cancer was just kind of like that. You never knew. Every day you're going to wake up and you're like, you, you do this, you're laying in bed and you do this assessment. I'm like, okay, everything's still attached except the boobs. But we knew that. I'm still alive. All right, let's go. Let's see what's gonna happen. And then you just get up and you roll with your day. And that was kinda it. That was that was sort of it felt like being a firefighter, kinda every day. Some days you're a little sore, <laughs> some days something's bruised or cut, and you're like, okay, it's just like work. You know, and then you go to have chemo and you're like, Okay, today's gonna be a rough day. It's just like being at work. And that was sort of it. To me, that I was just like, Okay, every day is just like I don't know what's gonna happen today. Here we are. So that was it, you know,
0: you just have such a, your personality is just so positive, (laughs) but positive and not like, uh, being subjected to a motivational speech on oh, YouTube because somebody sent it to you on text, and you're like, "Oh my God,
1: Mary Poppins!"
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "I don't <laughs> need this right now." I mean, I love, and I, I tend to be mm-hmm. sort of a, a, a an optimistic person, mm-hmm. and I like motivational videos mm-hmm. when I like them, right? But you have this this uh, this energy, I guess, um, is the first word to come to mind. This energy mm-hmm. about you that it's your it's unstoppable and it's magnetic, and hmm. it's like you can bottle it up.
1: I wish because I could use some of it some days. Maybe
0: what do you do when you don't have that, or when you feel like it's a not it's a not very Kim day?
1: I do spend a lot of time alone. I, I do tend to be an introverted, oddly sort of person, and, and my friends make fun of me because I'm the I'm famous for. They're all, you know, in college they would do that. They're like my roommates would be oh, We're going out tonight. You know the clubs open at 10 Just like they have always opened up at 10 You're going to take a nap You're going to put on pants And shoes
0: Hyping you up Yeah they are and
1: Take a nap <laughs> We're going out and I'm like oh god again This is like twice this year And so I You know I do everything to get out of it Like the meetings right I do everything to get out of a meeting and my, You I, love meetings I hate them so much hate <laughs> <laughs> Um, I read somewhere that some general made everybody stand through a meeting. I'm like, I think that's a great idea. Because
0: um, then maybe you'd never have them again.
1: Well, then and you're like, after a while, everybody's like, talk fast, man. We're standing here, right? And everybody's staring out the window. Look, there's hawks. Outside. I would rather be outside. Um, I, I'm famous for canceling plans, right? They'd say, hey, you know, we're going to the art show this weekend. I'm like, oh, that sounds fabulous. I love art shows. And then I'm like, I got to... Air (laughs) appointment, cancer's flaring up, something, you know, whatever, you know, and I'm famous for that because I, I, and I think that lets me recharge a little bit because I do care about other people. I really do. I want to know their story. Like you, I want to know, Hey, what, what, what do you, and I'm generally interested. I'm like, what makes you be you? Yeah. And maybe it's a nosy, but I don't care because of of, of prurient reasons. I don't, Hey, you know, Freddie does, you know, he likes to wear plaid shirts like, because you know that's his thing. He's got a fetish for plaid. Um, I generally like people and I think they're fun. And I, I think, I think in the world, I mean, seeing what I see when you're in the fire department, you think everyone. Before you get in the fire department, you think everybody's just like you and your friends and your family, right? We're all just getting from A to B, you know, trying to, you know, get to some art shows. And you realize a lot of people aren't like that. Some people are are downright just disgusting human beings. But you know what? In a city of daytime of almost 4 million people, there's a good portion of them that aren't calling us. And they're good people. Mm -hmm. They're really good people. They're trying to make it to their favorite barbecue place. Burns used to be the best. Um, They're trying to get their kids to school. They're trying to, you know... Do wizardry on the 610 loop to get through faster, and they're fine. 95% of the people in the world are fantastic people.
0: I love that you say
1: 95. 95% they're fine. Everywhere in the world, people want their kids to get to school. They want to make sure everybody's fed. They want to, you know, maybe watch some TV. You know, that's it. That's it. That's all, all, all humans want to do. 5% need to be watched.
0: I've heard 80 20, I've heard 90 10. Um, 95.
1: 95. I give you 5% probably need, you know, a little adult supervision every now and then. (laughs) Maybe they run with scissors every now and then, but. Or worse. Yeah. But I I generally believe. Because look at it. I mean, Houston has millions of people in it. Most of them are fine. Yeah. That guy that uses his hazard lights in the rain, though, that guy is part of the 5%.
0: (laughs) What about the guy who's driving the exact speed limit in the speed lane during non-rush hour? What about him? Does, he, is, he runs
1: d- with scissors, but I'm not putting him in the 5%ers.
0: What about people who type www dot when they enter a website?
1: Okay, 5%er? Five percenter. 5%er. Five percenter. That guy in the HOV lane the other day when I was trying to get to the doctor's office that drove the speed limit? 5 percenter. 5%. Five percent. What else? No signalers, 5%ers. <sighs> we're all traffic people if you spend a lot of time in traffic houston and i in traffic i try and be that's where i have to you know go okay i'm gonna do my grocery list i'm gonna call my mom (laughs) get all my stuff done
0: there's a firefighter shortage Mm -hmm. and i imagine that not everybody can be a firefighter not at all no um and it's great that the people who want to, that might not mm-hmm. be able to, it's great that they want to, but they should know what they're getting themselves into. So yep. what is your message for somebody who who would like to become an, an, a Houston fire department, firefighter?
1: Well, um, you should know that in the fire service, there's really, a, there's nationally, there's a 2% attrition rate. And what that means is once you get into the fire service, less than 2% leave. That's the lowest in the nation of any job. Mm. Teachers leave at like a 30% rate. That's high. It's high. Um, people who are self-employed, I mean, that's a hard, hard road to hold, which is a, super rewarding, but, I mean, that's high too. So if you just stick with firefighting, to me, it's, it's a calling. Mm. And if you figured out that that's your calling, then you're going to stay. Just a, a typical firefighter day is we work – in Houston, 24 hours at a time. You're gonna show up at six in the six thirty in the mornings when our shift changes. You should show up at six, right? Because you wanna lay eyes on that person that's gonna relieve you. Um, we spend twenty-four hours together. Okay, we have refrigerators, TVs, couches, beds, the dormitories, we cook, we shop, we play, we work until zero, six thirty the next morning. Then we go home. We do that. 24 on, 24 off, 24 on. Then we have five days off. And then once a month, we owe an extra day. So you work for like three days. Mm -hmm. The training is about six months long when you get hired on. First part's EMT school. Then we do fire school, I think. Sometimes it flip-flops. Then you're out and you're on probation for six more months. So the first year is typically training, okay? You're paid while you're doing it, so... That's sort of the trial period. So if you can do it, you're going to know in the first year because you're going to be worked pretty hard. I mean, I'm not going to pull any punches. I don't want anybody coming in thinking, oh, this is great. If you're physically fit, <laughs> if you can run a 5K and pass at least a few 12-year-olds along the way, <laughs> that's a good start. I mean, You might bolster that up a little bit, but that's a good start. Um, Houston, you can promote as fast as you want to. I promoted to chief as fast As I could, one, I, you know, enjoyed, you know, always learning something new. That was my main motivation. The second was so I could have my own bathroom. Um, Always a plus. Always. Sharing a bathroom with 12 dudes. Oh, my God. Um,
0: Sounds like the stuff of nightmares.
1: I can't begin to tell you. Um, I cannot begin to tell you. Please don't. I won't. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, so once you get in and then from there on out, most people have a 30 year career. I'm 21 and a half years. I have 22 years in February ish. I plan on spending 30 or so. Um, every, sometimes I look around and I go, Oh my gosh, just yesterday I was mopping floors. Now today I'm in charge of things. People left me in charge of something. Sometimes I look around and I go, is there another adult coming in to take charge of this? They left me in charge and it's (laughs) been outstanding. Um, Give it a shot. If you've thought you couldn't do it, you have, it's just, you can do it. It's just like the cancer thing. If you think you couldn't do it, you can do it. Give it a shot. Um, we're safety conscious. We have, imp- it's, people say, is it like Chicago fire? Yes. We're beautiful. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. It's fun every day. It's, it's sad. Some days. But you always have your family around you, your fire department family, and they'll make fun of you. Um, But they're never going to leave your side. Never going to leave your side. Um, Give it a shot. If you're interested, go to the website. They can walk you through everything. There's all the information you need. And um, hit Freddy up. He has tons of funny stories I've told him.
0: (laughs) Please do. Kim, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you on my podcast. I knew from the moment I met you and five minutes into your first interview with uh-huh. Dorothy that I, I was like, I got to get this woman on my show. Oh, how do I convince fun. her that I'm cool enough? No
1: one's cool ever enough? said that how before. Do,
0: how, do I, how can I convince <laughs> her that I'm cool enough to be on my podcast? Uh, and just as a little context, uh, a little context here, we recorded an interview I run this podcast agency, Speak Podcasting. And so um, I was up here at The Rose with Dorothy, who was recording an interview with Kim. And it was fantastic and all fun and games until Freddie... <laughs> Freddie accidentally... <laughs>
1: it, it happens. It, 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 it happens.
0: You no, know, Freddie accidentally kicked um, something on the floor and we lost... <laughs> Almost ten minutes of the recording, oh, well. and I didn't realize it, it until happens. afterward. Yeah, and yeah. and and Kim has been so gracious with her time, and it's <laughs> and, and I mean, look, it's not like the it's not like anybody that works in the Houston Fire Department is not busy. <laughs> um,
1: oh, it's time. Time's I, time, is now, yeah. Yeah. time is on, time nothing on our
0: side. time is on everybody's side. Right. But uh, you know, in 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 all seriousness, you've been so gracious with your time. Agreed to come up for a second interview. That's right. Um, so thank you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for that.
1: Y'all change your smoke detector batteries. The time change is coming.
0: There we go. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then...